My name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Embers to Excellence, a podcast that explores the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. We discuss the triumphs and failures that have shaped our lives and our leadership philosophies. I've found that it isn't whether we fail that defines us, but when we do fail, how we respond. Leaders dust off the ashes and use their failures as fuel to work harder and as lessons to come back wiser and stronger, more resilient, more determined, and more committed to excellence. Today, I'm speaking with Dom Brightman. He is the author of Going North, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself. He also authored Stay the Course, The Elite Performer's Seven Secret Keys to Sustainable Success. He's also the podcast host for Going North. Um, Currently, you're sitting at 358 episodes, which is (laughs) really impressive. Um, Then... On top of that, what, what really stuck out to me is you're the, the president of your local Toastmasters club. You became the youngest ever area director um, at the age of 23 uh, back in 2016. And then uh, you were also awarded the Distinguished Toastmaster award which is uh the the toastmasters international highest award and uh you're also on uh the john maxwell team and just um well versed very experienced very knowledgeable on leadership self-leadership this is going to be a great conversation um but before we dive in uh, especially with with interesting individuals like you, I, I like to get a sense of, you know, your, your life growing up, what, what shaped you. Um, you're, um, you're in Maryland, in uh, Baltimore County. Um, were you born in, in Baltimore? Oh, funny enough, no, I actually wasn't born in a small little town in South Carolina, but that only lasted two weeks, so can't claim full native status, but hey, been here long enough, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy <yeah>. the crab cakes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, can you can you talk a little bit about your life growing up in, in Baltimore? Um, you know, maybe some of your influences? Ah, sure thing, and thanks a bunch, Dave, for having me on your show, my man, especially with the name from Embers to Excellence, man, because, dude, like, we all have our setbacks, and we need to use them as a story forward for our advancement, man, and, of course, thank you for your service, too, being a Navy veteran and all, always got to thank our veterans, especially, especially since, actually, funny enough, my dad actually was a veteran, although I didn't get the full military brat experience of traveling all over with my parents because my dad was a senior citizen basically by the time I was came, I came around because <laughs> he served in he actually served in World War II as a paratrooper in 82nd Airborne Division had two combat jumps and even served again in the Korean War when he stayed in the army so he had about a good combined 12 years and about six months of service so I definitely hold service men and women in high regard because, hey, they protect the country, the great old 
country of the U.S. of A. And definitely got to thank those, especially since veterans don't get treated the way they should be treated for what they do, especially what they have to go through. But as for myself, I'm basically a quiet kid who found his confidence later in life in his late teenage years because I was the quiet kid who wasn't always good at making friends, but Thanks to the prayers of my loved ones, especially my mom, who also was key to my success today, is that she was basically my first ever public speaking coach, and she always prayed for me, and my dad always prayed for me too, so both of my parents, they were both men and women of faith, and they both lived their faith daily. I still remember my dad when he would always pray for my safety every time he would take me to school, especially after the school shootings kept on increasingly getting worse as the millennium started. And I would always, looking back, always be grateful for that. And growing up, like, in a new school, I have to say, all the way back to seventh grade, first day, lunch school, it was like me at a brand new school. Probably my second or third new school since I started my first six years at a public school. The last six grades were at a private school, and then that was like my second, I think, private school or whatever, when I got to the seventh grade level. And this wonderful guy invited me to sit over at his table, and they were upperclassmen. They were great ahead of me. And they invited me to the table. We, sh we exchanged our names. We shared some interests. And comes to find out, when we shared our interests, we realized we actually shared interests. <laughs> and <laughs> then that just really took me further down the road a few years to where Made friends with another buddy of mine. He helped me to get more comfortable talking to girls and being more confident. And heck, even really expanding my mind. And he even read a bunch of books that I didn't really catch on to a few years later. Like The 40 Laws of Power and How to Win Friends and Influence People. Because the thing about grade school nowadays is that, heck, even back then, is the fact that they give you books that you don't want to read that end up making you dislike reading and I disliked reading I grew up loving reading as a kid but then after getting up in the grades saw some of the books I'm like man this is not interest me <laughs> I am good I think I was gonna go to spark notes and cheat and lo and behold after getting out of high school going to college it was my penultimate semester about the second to the last semester where I came across this wonderful <laughs> it was one heck of a semester because Three things happened. First, my father, who was a veteran, he went out for a drive and then he got lost. And then we figured out that he actually had Alzheimer's because the doctor informed us because he was driving on the opposite side of the darn road. And he was in a city about a good 30, 40 miles outside of Baltimore, Maryland. And we're like, what the heck are you doing out here? So I had to basically be part new part-time caregiver for my father who had the darn disease and up by my mother because she was sick too. So... Basically taking them back and forth to doctor's appointments. Then a month after discovering my father's Alzheimer's, basically got into, got probably unwrapped one of my greatest gifts in my life on my 21st birthday. And it was a car accident. Because on my way to IT security class, it was still damp outside even though the rain stopped. It went for a left turn and then the darn brick jammed on my car, then hit the darn curb. Wheel came flying off the car, then traffic was backed up for a good 90 minutes and had to get some help from the police officers because they called in a tow truck because the AAA guy couldn't even get to my car because the dark backup traffic and it just kept even going to a third attack where right after that 
the personal life showed up in the professional life when I had a part-time job at a local library for about a good five years up to that point. And there were some times where I had some miscommunication issues with some fellow colleagues and they were like, hey, what the heck you doing? Boss had to call me in and she said, hey, I got some new employees coming in this year, fellow about the same age as you and they're going to be looking to you as a leader because you've been here for five years and if you've been at a place for five years, they expect you to know something. And I was like, oh, crap. And I, I felt bad at the moment. I'm like, oh, dang. Like, wow, it sucks kind of right now. But little did I know that that meeting was actually the catalyst for change. Because in that meeting, like, she only said Leah like maybe once. But it stuck in the back of my head. And then a few weeks later, I went to the leadership section of the library. Picked up the five levels of leadership by John Maxwell. That changed my life for the better and helped me to become a voracious reader. And falling in, falling in love of reading again. And just reading a bunch of books helped me to become one of those extroverted introverts, a.k.a. an ambivert, and eventually find self-development and really just publish books of my own based off of my own life experiences that I truly believe in because people want genuine people. They don't want fakers and frauds and phonies because folks are tired of that. People get off of, some people complain they hate social media because people's lives look so perfect, quote-unquote perfect. And I'm like, well, let me just give it to them what, what I actually believe in, what I actually live in my own life, as if I'm going to be teaching it to them. And that's really kind of how, where I got to where I was today. Just a quiet kid who found his confidence and fell in love with reading again and used the stuff that he found in the books to apply to his own life for the better and not better. What you, you're uh, probably around 28, 29 years old now. Yep, 29, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to hear some of your experiences. So there was something that I was reading that labeled you uh, the millennial leadership guy or something like that, something to, <laughs> to that effect. And um, one of the things, so I'm, I'm 46 and one thing that um, I struggled with in my time uh, leading in the fire service was as the younger people came in, really being able to connect and understand what it is that's that's driving the millennial generation. And I'm, I'm wondering if there could, leadership is leadership, but you have to know how to lead the people that are following you. So big, big part of that is communication, listening. I'm, I'm curious how you have found success in leading millennials where maybe there's some contrast to people that have uh, worked in positions higher than yours that you could see that if they just tweaked this or that, they could do a lot better when leading members of the millennial generation. Yeah, sure thing. And I think what kind of separated me from some of my peers in my own age group is the fact that I like to refer to myself as an old soul and a sonic youth because my parents, <laughs> dad being a citizen, so when I came around and hanging around the folks who were decades ahead of me in age, heck, even having an older brother who was in his 40s, 
is the fact that basically had to grow up fast. It's kind of like the classic <laughs> Paul Mooney R.I.P. joke where he mentioned how he may have been born yesterday, but he stayed up all night. And I basically had to <laughs> stay up all night, metaphorically speaking, and grow up fast and be around those folks. That helped me to gain a perspective of the different generation along with my current generation because a lot of millennials nowadays is that their BS detectors are so darn high because it's the generation that really didn't experience collectively as a whole the entire American dream that was sold to the generation before us and the generation before that and values is something that a lot of folks believe in especially folks who are honest and genuine and that's kind of why authenticity is a buzzword nowadays because heck people don't like being around phonies <laughs> unless they're a phony themselves and they don't care and they aren't too, really in tune with themselves and I think what helped me to really not only get along but actually lead folks especially millennials the fact that in Toastmasters the average member is about a good 35 plus years old so getting that sandbox experience in a volunteer organization helped molded me to get more acclimated more equipped to be able to equip and be more of an effective leader with those in my age group and below because the thing is people are people no matter what like heck even one of my librarian buddies likes to say is that all adults are just bigger kids with with <laughs> with more filters although as they age they go back to their kid age where they drop the filters because like oh man if i get tipped over i'm falling in the casket so i'm gonna hold back what i'm gonna say at all so really <laughs> we're all just children of different sizes different creeds different backgrounds different religions all after the same thing which is health wealth and happiness all under the umbrella of peace of mind everybody really wants peace of mind and for some people especially millennials they the peace of mind heck even speaking myself as, as a fellow millennials that like to be around people that really do the say do the things that they say they're going to do and if not it's like all right so i know the, how the game is i'm going to just get my paycheck and leave and some of the millennials most of them do understand that like it it's like hey like sometimes you just have to really do what you have to do to not only get ahead but actually survive and then there's some of the younger millennial type like the gen z's where they may think they're the world owes them everything <laughs> which truth be told that is far from the truth the world owes <laughs> you nothing it will you only get what you actually put in the effort effort with because I'm because like one of the things is the first rule of success is showing up but the follow-up rule is contributing because yeah great it's good to show up you already beat maybe most of your competition the other thing is is like you have to know what you're gonna do you have to actually contribute to wherever you are because an advancing man knows how to overfill the place where he's currently in if you're gonna get promoted where you currently are you have to basically set yourself apart by doing extra work going the extra mile setting yourself apart being able to communicate heck even a book recommendation for those who are in the career space looking to advance a recent book called workplace poker because it's a non-fiction book nice little thick book with some heavy chapters but has some relatable stuff about how one guy lost his job a couple decades ago with the rest of his buddies in his department except for one guy who actually found a job really quickly in about a month or less after they all got laid off all because he knew how to play the game of workplace politics and that's the thing politics are always going to exist because humans exist and 
Humans are simple, but we can also be complicated because we like to make things complicated every now and then. So making sure that you understand that authentic leadership is a must. Like basically people see and people do. Like being the change you want to see in the world. And when you have those moments when you fall down, we all have those moments. Like even like the miscommunication thing that I mentioned earlier with the personal showing up in the professional is the fact that we have to realize that we're all human beings and we have to really just realize that no matter what happens we still have to get the job done no matter what and if they don't like what they may see then they'll just find somewhere else and if it's a good fit then it's a good fit if not as one of my pastors likes to say maybe you might be the problem if you take <laughs> if you go to another church metaphorically speaking and you see the same problem over there it's like there, there may be a connection here and it might not be the people outside of you maybe the person in the mirror tell me how you got involved with the toastmasters ah yeah so uh, Brian Tracy, legendary motivational speaker, has a bunch of books, audio programs. At the end of one of them, he mentioned Toastmasters as a place to become a better public speaker. And I was like, wow, this is freaking awesome. Let me check it out. Because at that time when I was heavy into the personal development in the beginning with all these different books from different authors, I also volunteered to spearhead a public speaking seminar for my church. And that was way out of my comfort zone. Because I could speak because I was doing that for years in my church with the scriptures, the plays and whatnot. But like lead, like spearheading an event, being the chairperson of, a, of an event, like recruiting people, getting them to sign up and show up. Like that was way out of my comfort zone. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> I guess that's where the magic happens when you jump out of it. And once you jump out of it, you'll create a new comfort zone that you have to jump out of again. And after really going to Toastmasters that about a good two or three weeks after hearing about it I realized that this is one heck of a great place to be because one person in particular heck I'll even shout him out Joe Finn he actually is a sales guy who has had many sales jobs over the years really energetic guy and he gave this speech that started off with a song and the song was Julie's House and don't worry I'm not going to sing it I'm not the singer even though some may think oh he could probably sing no I, uh, I, don't, I don't carry a baritone I'm sorry that, that's, you have to ask somebody else for the song but he started off with the song Julie's House and then used different lyrics from the song to convey his message how he overcame cancer twice and ran a couple marathons and I'm like wow like, I've, I never thought that someone would actually start off a song, start off a speech with a song, especially in an environment that would be more professional outside of, like, maybe a church environment. Because I'm like, wow, I'm like, if this is happening, then I need to learn something here. And staying with that group, I was able to build some relationships, get better as a professional speaker, and really develop and add more humor to my presentations. Because I already considered myself to be good before I went in there. I just went in there with the network. But when I went in there to network, I realized, wow, this is freaking amazing. Like, I'm leaving blessings on the table if I leave now without staying. And when I decided to stay, I got so much out of the organization because I put so much into it. And it's one of those few things left in this world today where the more you get into, more you put into it, the more you get out of it. You've written two books and contributed to a third. What? What are your inspirations and, and what are your influences that led to these books? 
Ah, sure thing. In this wonderful book called The Magic of Getting What You Want by David Schwartz, there is this activity where you write out your own obituary. And in that obituary, I wrote down I was going to be a best-selling author of multiple books. And funny enough, <laughs> a few months down the road, I was challenged to write a book from a wonderful lady at a Toastmasters conference when we was, it was the networking break. And instead of handing out business cards to people back then, I would hand out these reading lists called the 100 Books for Dynamic Living. And put my contact information on the bottom so that way, hey, we could talk shop, talk books that we may have liked to read and whatnot. And the lady that looked at the list, she was like, oh, okay, this is nice. And she was looking throughout the whole list and my name was not on it as one of the authors. And she was like, hey, where's your name on this? And I'm like, uh, I was like 22, 23 at the time. And I'm like, what the heck am I going to write about? Like, I'm, early, I'm in my early 20s here. And she was like, hey, how about you write a book? A year from today, be published. Then you can throw your name on a list as one of the one of the authors. And I'm like, eh, nah, I think I'm good. And then she upped the ante on me. She was like, hey, how about we both write our books a year from today, and we both can be published authors. Like, it, there's got to be some kind of person who want to join your cause like that. And I was like, eh, nah, I think I'm good. <laughs> and a couple days later, after some soul searching, doing the Q and A session of a Toastmasters practice speech, where a Q and A session was required. My buddy in the audience who knew about the situation basically asked me during the Q&A session, like, hey, Dom, when you write your book? And I'm like, dude, that has nothing to do with this presentation at all. <laughs> and I didn't want to look like a coward, so I, I was in my head and said, all right, screw it, let's do it. And I said, November 2016, November 1st, I'm going to have my first book done. And the whole room <laughs> cheered, like, yeah, go get him, Dom. And I was freaking scared for my life, and I'm like, after the meeting was over, ran home, wrote 14 pages of raw content, and that became the last chapter of the book. And as I was going along, I realized from my writing coach, one of my, I did hire a coach for that, Daniel Alley, since he was a fellow millennial who wrote a book too, a couple of his own, and he mentioned that you should start off with an outline, heck, even... Uh, Diana Boer, wonderful communication expert. She also mentioned how the fastest way to write a book, especially a nonfiction book, in like 48 hours if you want, is to start off with your outline and then fill in the blanks later. So I went with that, came up with my outline, and then set up a wonderful schedule where every single week, especially during the weekends after work, I go to a coffee shop and just write towards my book. So the wonderful... Influence of the books I read, especially by John Maxwell and Daniel Alley, being a fellow millennial, heck, even Diana Boer, which I rarely even mention on shows as well, are probably the influences that have helped me to really get my content out there and actually join the business of immortality known as authorship. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the process of well, I I've written a book, I've got an an editor who is uh, it, the book is divided into three sections right now for the purpose of editing and we're working on the final edits of the, the second section of it right now. The goal is to have it completely finished and published by the end of this summer. So, Ooh. you know, I'll, I'll give you the title once I have it and you can put it on your list. <laughs> <laughs> and have you on the show too to promote him man yeah man yeah that'd be awesome 
So when you when you go and you speak, um, what are some of the things that you talk about? What are what are some of the leadership nuggets that you share with your audience that that really resonate? Ah, uh, yes, I have this wonderful talk called the seven E's of leadership, and one of the E's. When it comes to leadership, especially self-leadership, is energy. Because one of the major things, like people talk about, it's like, hey, leaders get things done. It's all about the power of influence, all the wonderful good stuff. Especially with us both having GMT, DNA, we both know about the power of being a person of influence. Is the fact that you still need to take care of your body, too, as a leader. You still have to have energy to keep going. And especially, (laughs) like with the wonderful audience that you serve like first responders like energy is a requirement staying in shape is basically a requirement and physical energy also has something to do with internal energy as well making sure that if you have a faith-based mindset making sure that your faith is okay too and that you contribute time to your faith heck even going through this 90-day bible plan reading plan right now where i'm going through the bible once again this time in a different translation the common english translation to really learn more about god and how he thinks through his word and just really heck even for myself making sure that me being a christian i know what my book says because heck that's even one thing that a guest on my podcast mentioned and he was a jewish guy and he said that no matter what faith you're a part of own your text and i'm like wow so i guess i gotta own my text and that's why i'm going through it again so that way I can have that spiritual energy, per se, and that spiritual wisdom, that spiritual wealth. And heck, even another reason why I put energy as one of the ease of leadership, another book I recommend everybody to pick up, probably in addition to my own, is a book by Wayne Caderio, a book called Leading on Empty. And that book itself, it's a powerful book. I wish I would have read when I first started reading leadership books, but I may not have appreciated it as much after I got through reading it because it was a powerful book about a pastor who basically passed out in the pulpit because he was so darn tired and burnt out because he never gave himself really time for self-care and heck even self-care is a buzzword nowadays for that reason heck even like before the pandemic a lot of people especially first responders those in hospitals and things like that like a lot of them like they were dealing with stress and burnout and not setting enough boundaries in their lives so that way they can actually have enough time enough fuel in the tank to really contribute it's kind of like hey the first rule of success showing up the other rule number two contribute and if you have no water in your well of contribution and you're pouring from an empty cup nobody's going to get anything and you're going to be short of people and spazzing out and it's just going to be bad for you and everyone else involved because that's what happened with me in my own personal life back in 20 i'd say late 2015 through 2017 when my father's alzheimer's really got to the dementia stage and he was sundowning when it'd be in the middle of the night we'd be ready to go to sleep and he's up and at him having hallucinations thinking he may be back in freaking korea freezing his butt off like or heck even thinking that he's in some kind of random watermelon patch looking for watermelons and thinking i was a little boy trying to keep from poisonous watermelons like it was so crazy where like i probably got maybe zero to four hours of sleep and i was so darn 
running on low amount of sleep that it was bad for me. I gained a bunch of weight, about a good 50 pounds of weight, where <laughs> I no longer was a snick. It's like, yeah, I made some gains, but it wasn't all muscle either. So that's one of the major things I talk about is making sure that you keep your vessel road ready for the experiences, not only that you're going to deliver, but the experiences that you too will experience in your life as a leader because people see and people do and if they people see you at your worst and you're responding bad to it and you're not using that time to pull out your moments of excellence then it's really not going to look good before we started recording this episode talked a little bit about um those experiences that have that have shaped us the the ones that we're not proud of that now, that really is the fork in the road for any leader. When we fall on our face and we, we make a mistake and there is nobody to point a finger at but ourselves, there's that fork in the road where we can let that define us and we can go on living, feeling sorry for ourselves and you know, just a, a drain on the people around us or we can go the other direction and use that experience to make ourselves better and uh and pass on that that lesson to to other people um i was wondering if if you'd be willing to share maybe one of your uh fork in the road experiences oh yeah definitely uh one of them was the fact that i wasn't as self-aware as i thought i was back in i think it was 20 yeah, 2017 um, when my boss called me in with the wonderful day job I had. It was a full-time employee. <laughs> it was shortly after my dad passed. And I realized that, once again, the personal was showing up in the professional life. Because there were some more issues, like there's some miscommunications with some of the contracted employees with the janitors where some paperwork supposed to be transferred and that didn't happen on time. And it was like we kind of missed a deadline and all this other stuff happened with some one of the customers complaining about somebody else another contracted employee who actually locked the doors a little too early because he was half asleep and it's like <laughs> and apparently i wasn't submitting things to the chain of command i was kind of taking extreme ownership and being like hey it's all right don't worry they're in the building it'll be fine or hey i screwed up it's my it was my bad and I had to really take ownership of that and realize oh crap so i guess maybe i'm not the Elite performer I thought I was, and then on top of that, I was able to not only get out of that moment and really get back on track, but there was even some more with imposter syndrome, because with doing my podcast, and as I was talking with these wonderful people who have created these million dollar businesses all the way to regular folks who still have nine to fives like myself, who are still doing great things, who might have been doing things better than me, it's like, man, because with my second book, the subtitle is the seven secret keys for elite performance. I'm like, man, am I really an elite performer here after talking with some of these people? And I just had to realize that sometimes we have to really focus on ourselves and our own work from time to time and not pay attention to what everybody else is doing because that's what holds us back from our success. And that's, heck, even one of the gaps of life from the 15 laws of growth is the comparison gap where we compare ourselves to other people who may be in chapter 35 of their life as opposed to you at chapter 2 where you haven't even reached chapter 30 yet 
where you'll really get to taste the fruits of your labor where you want to. Like, you can't really compare your, your journey to someone else's because we all have different journeys here. Like yourself, Dave. Heck, even my father, his name is David, too. And his track led him to the service because he dropped out of school early. And he ended up wanting to do that so that way he could be looked at as a hero and serve his country. And he didn't accomplish all that he wanted out of life, but he still did some great things. And even though my father went that path, that wasn't my path to go. Like, there's so many times where we just have to realize that our path is our path. And the folks that we meet along the way while we're on our path, they're here to either help us for a season or to go along with us further ahead in life. Or they're just not meant to be there for the whole entire time or not at all. Because not everybody's going to make it on your life path. They're, like we're all meant to travel in a certain direction. And just because someone's path may look like it has a bunch of roses and an open road. Nice paved surface with no potholes. Just because you see one pothole on your way to success. That doesn't mean they had to deal with like 3,000 potholes on where they are in their path now. So... Dealing with that comparison gap issue of imposter syndrome, just getting over that and realizing that there's still a slice of the pie, metaphorically speaking, that I can serve and I don't have to try to serve the whole entire apple pie. Like, there, there's big enough pie in the world for everybody. I mean, the obesity rates are high for a reason. There's enough pie in the world for a reason. I don't have to look at other people and dumb myself down because they on paper may have more than me when they're further along in their journey. What's, uh, what's on the horizon for Dom? What, what's on the horizon for you? You've accomplished so much, but I, I know that uh, a man like yourself has got goals. So what, what goals have you set for yourself and, and what, have you set in motion to accomplish those goals? Ah, uh, yes. Book number four is my main big goal for the year. The main goal and the working title of that book is Pod Book It, the three phases of greatness to writing a book, launching a podcast, and creating a legacy. That's the big project for the year because that's also going to be an audiobook and an online course as well. So that's something totally new for me because online education especially during the <laughs> quote-unquote grim reaper year of 2020 is that it's a multi-billion dollar industry like folks are trapped at home and whatnot and even before the evil cv <laughs> 19 like it was still a big growing organization a great a big industry so just wanted to really just contribute my piece of what i've actually learned in helping others along the ways as well so that's my big goal for this year to get that done to have book number four in before the year is up and to really launch the online course because it's because we learn in so many different ways and with those three things out there it'll be a great way to reach as many people as possible through as many channels as possible so that way it'll be more effective for everybody involved one thing that i'm curious about i i noticed uh that you've got almost 360 podcast episodes. I'm, I'm curious if um, out of all the people that you've interviewed, does, does anyone stand out as somebody that just, like when you spoke to them, 
there was just some nugget that they gave you or something about them that really inspired you. You know, is there any, any one of your guests that really stands out? Oh yeah, definitely. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of them stood out. They still stand out to this day. My goodness. And I would always get that question. It's definitely Arvin because it's like, there's so many people and <laughs> it's a lot. Um, one, in particular is probably i think it was episode 221 dr ray charles righteous leadership where he shared some of the pain that he was going through because as he was aging in his late 40s a lot of his friends were committing suicide heck even one of them was a lady who actually got on like the cover of i think it was ebony magazine while it was still in print and she was the go-to person, but she had no go-to people in her own life, and she committed suicide. And heck, even had a buddy who was a football player. I don't think it was Junior Seau, but it was probably somebody else. And he realized that he had to use his risk assessment background to hedge the risk around this happening for himself. So he recommends the people to seek mentors and contacts around the globe now that it's a lot more easier than ever thanks to zoom and heck even some of the other lesser known tools like skype and microsoft teams to really connect with other people and to build that network of friends because like with both of us being on the east coast we get a call at 3 a.m in the morning we'll probably think the worst and sometimes folks especially asking for help is a major thing that's hard to do for a lot of people myself included from time to time and it's like oh i don't want to call on dom or dave because like oh shoot what, what would they think even though they'll be happy to help let me contact my buddy out in china or japan who's probably 12 plus hours ahead of me where it's like hey how you doing buddy and then just having a conversation with them to actually take their mind off of that negativity that might lead them down that road because he himself didn't want to be in that same position so that's definitely one that stands out so always remind yourself that you matter in this world if you're living breathing right now listening to this show you definitely matter and you're here for a reason so don't rob everyone else of the gift that is you because of a selfish decision to want to end your life quicker than it needs to end like let it end as naturally as it's supposed to go don't take yourself out of this world somebody needs you here and we need you to to stay here and go through it so that way you can grow through it it's interesting that you would touch on that topic because you know i i do talk to a lot of veterans and first responders and um one of the thing that one of the things that's really prevalent um, throughout our our armed forces and you know law enforcement fire service ems is uh ptsd and uh sometimes it, it doesn't advance to you know the disorder stage but there's that post-traumatic stress that you know you, your cup is full you know that that cup that you collect all that stress all those horrific memories and just at some point and you don't know when it's full and any little thing can cause that to overflow and, and spill out. And, um, you know, there's, 
veterans and first responders that are committing suicide every day at, at an alarming rate. And, uh, you know, sometimes that, that stigma in, in the culture of these organizations is that if you reach out for help, you're somehow weak or it's an admission of you being broken. And I would say to all those individuals that are feeling that right now, probably also feeling broken. You know, it's, it's not an admission that you're broken, but I would bet money that somebody that's feeling that that pain and just, you know, you don't know where to turn. There, there are so many resources. And even if you alienated your friends and family, um, which is common with individuals that are struggling with PTSD, they, you know, sometimes will turn to alcohol or drugs to self-medicate themselves to, to numb the pain. Doesn't mean that you're broken doesn't mean that you're less than because you've made some mistakes. There's an opportunity now for you to take your experience and do something positive with it. You can turn it around. And I would urge everyone that is listening to this, that's considering you know, drastic measures to feel better reach out to me or reach out to, I mean, there's people that I've had on the show that have given their personal numbers because they've been where you are and they might just have the, uh, the words that'll uh, turn your mindset around. So I, I really appreciate you bringing that up, man. Cause uh, it is, it is tough out there and sometimes people cannot see through that wall of negativity and pain and the only way out for them that they can see is to take their own life um, and that's unfortunate but good people like you and others that i've interviewed um, i know that i've received emails from people that have listened to this show and just said thank you um, which is amazing. You know, just I, some of the individuals that I've interviewed that have talked about their loved ones or talked about their own personal experience with PTSD, um, suicide attempts, and just it's, it's made a difference. And you bringing it up, um, you know, maybe. It's the one part of this conversation that saves somebody's life. Oh, praise the Lord if it did, definitely, man. Because like this, like even though um, things are starting to open back up and no time is really a time to really attend a funeral, this is still not the time, especially with these darn restrictions to really take your own life because we'd rather help you now than attend your funeral. And that's if we can attend your funeral, depending on where you are in the world. Because 
like a lot of people, they had to bury their loved ones and they weren't allowed to see them because of this darn COVID pandemic. So especially now more than ever, like really find someone to talk to. Like, hey, de definitely, <laughs> definitely get get the help you need because if, if you need the help, I know it's hard. Trust me. Like we all have our ego. We all have pride. I still have my own pride to deal with and just ask for the help because you'll be better off for it and everybody else will too because then you'll have a story to share later. And a powerful one at that. And I cannot thank you enough for agreeing to let me interview you. This has been an awesome conversation. Um, I don't want to end it on such a somber note. So I'm sure there's um, something that we left out of this conversation. And I'm going to leave it up to you. What, what didn't I ask you that... Uh, is important that we should leave our listeners with well i usually bring up a question about why public libraries are filled with gold in the 21st century but i'll save that for maybe another conversation i'll just probably drop a tip and um another guy on the podcast dropped this and it's basically take out three sheets of paper and then on each sheet of paper write down one thing in each area so one sheet of paper write down what brings you peace Sheet number two will bring you happiness, and three will bring you money. And making sure you write down everything that leads to that activity. So with, with whatever brings you peace. Coming home to peace and solitude, not having to worry about anything. Heck, even leaving your phone on, vibrator stun. Heck, even maybe even playing Candy Crush if that's still a thing. And whatever brings you money outside of your job. Like maybe you have a hobby that actually brings you in money. Like heck, even... Like maybe even podcasts, maybe you're a fellow podcaster listening to this show. If that brings you money, dial in on that. And then out of those lists that you created, focus on the top three things from every list. And then focus your life and become obsessed with those things. Because one of the best things you can do for yourself is to fill your calendar with things that will benefit your life and the lives of others. And that's something that I've been making sure I try to focus and laser and home in on more recently now more than ever since i heard that because it's so darn true like if you really want to get out of the funk like really become obsessed with doing things that are not only bring yourself peace and that joy and that happiness and also some money so that we'll actually continue to live and be have at least a good living and focus on money as energy and a reward for solving a problem as opposed to it being oh it's filthy lucre it's evil like it, it's not evil it's just it's just depend on what you do with it it's just energy transfer for helping somebody solve their problems and then that'll help you to really get to the next level in life because that's really what the great people do is that they focus on the things that help them to better their life heck even if that's even with the devotional time too heck even one guest i had in particular he's uh also a fellow millennial martre stevens he mentioned how he was suicidal and his stepdad got him to go to a church as an option because he was looking for money and whatnot. He was, a, he was an alcoholic, and he became obsessed with God. And now he's a motivational speaker with his own books, and he actually was nominated for Citizen of the Year somewhere out in Virginia because he changed his life for the better, and he became obsessed about something. So question for you, listener, is what are you obsessed about? And is that obsession a healthy obsession 
that'll be better for you and those around you and those that are going to be around you in the future. And if the answer is yes, it'll be good for you and those around you and those that'll eventually be around you, then focus in on that and just put your energy towards that so that way you'll have something good to focus on as opposed to something bad to focus on. Awesome, man. Thank you for that. And good luck on your fourth book and everything that you're working on right now. Um, I look forward to being a guest on your podcast. Once I get my book published, I'll reach out and remind you. <laughs> Sounds good. Looking forward to it, man. Got to return to favor, baby. <laughs> All right. I appreciate it. <laughs> Now, for those out there that are interested in buying one of your books or all of them um, or listening to your, your podcast, Going North, what's the best way to, to find your books? And um, I know that if somebody wants to go to your website, I, I found all of your books and your podcast on, on your website, but uh, is, is there uh, another way that you would recommend uh nope that's probably the best way dombrightman.com that's dombrightman.com everything dom is there if you want to buy some books if you want to make even a bulk order purchase like shoot shoot me a direct message on the contact page give you a nice little discount if you want to buy like 50 or 100 copies or whatever for you and your organization if you're looking to have that done and check out the going north podcast as well new episodes go live every monday thursday and saturday so definitely get some new inspiration after you done listening to today's wonderful podcast from embers to excellence so check it all out on dombrightman.com awesome man thank you so much dom thank you for listening to this episode of from embers to excellence Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on your favorite podcast platform and visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. My goal is and always will be to add value to as many people as possible. So if I can be of any assistance to you or someone you know, please connect with me via email or on one of my social media accounts linked on the homepage of my website. Remember, our failures don't define us unless we let them, and the only true measure of a leader is the success of their team.